Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, today, as every day, I think, I think I say I have a special guest, but I'm super excited to talk to our guest today. Uh, um, can you use yourself? Hi, I'm Jessica Kim, and I'm the author of Stand Up Yumi Chan. It's a middle grade novel for eight to twelve year old kids, and it came out this March. And let's just talk a little bit about it, just to start. Okay. Um, maybe where did the concept come from? Oh, um, yeah. What, like, tell us a little bit about the book. So the book is about an 11-year-old girl. Her name is Yumi, and she lives in Koreatown, Los Angeles, um, and her parents own a Korean barbecue restaurant. And uh, Yumi's a little bit shy, and she's kind of like that awkward type, and she's really trying to find her friend group in her um, kind of fancy private school that she's attending, but she hasn't really found her people yet. Um, so she, uh, what she really loves, though, is stand-up comedy. So that's kind of like what the book is about. Um, she's obsessed with stand-up comedy and she watches it nonstop on YouTube. And she has like this idol uh, named Jasmine Jasper, who she follows online uh, with her comedy tutorials. And uh, the problem in the book is that Yumi's parents are like completely, they, they don't get it. They don't understand why Yumi wastes all this time um, doing this comedy nonsense instead of studying um, for this big scholarship exam she has coming up. Um, so the, the story kind of takes off when Yumi accidentally stumbles into a comedy camp um, run by none other than her hero, Jasmine Jasper, and she accidentally steals someone's identity. And so it's this whole like double life thing where she's attending comedy camp and realizing her dreams and finding her voice and finding her friends while also like uh, pretending that she's studying for this exam and trying to please her parents. And it's kind of like this in, um, child of an immigrant identity story. And um, that's really what I want to write about. Um, like you, me, I was born in the United States um, to immigrant parents. My parents immigrated in the 70s and my dad was in the US Army. And um, I was actually born on a base. I was born in Monterey, California in 1980. Uh, I have two sisters and I'm the middle child. <laughs> I'm totally a middle child. <laughs> And, um, and it, I really want to write about my experience of uh, being a second generation American. And so what it feels like to kind of have one foot in both cultures and to feel a little bit like you don't quite belong in either place and kind of toggle between these worlds. And I really want to write about what it's like to be 11 and going to middle school and like mm -hmm. all those uh, awkward vibes of your friends changing and um, your interests changing and also like what happens when those uh, values of your two worlds collide. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's a lot about my creative journey as well. Like um, I get asked a lot if I do any stand up. And the answer is no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Um, but I do, like you, me, know what it feels like to be really passionate about something, but be too afraid to kind of pursue it. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was writing. And so um, for a long time, I was a teacher. I spent about 10 years in the classroom and I loved it. I really loved it. And I thought I would retire as a teacher, um, but something happened. Um, 
uh, after my daughter was born, my husband had this opportunity to uh, receive some training in New York. So as a lifelong Californian, we moved to New York for three wow. years. And that was like a whole, like, what on earth? <laughs> like, what is this snow? I can only imagine. I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> I lived in Los Angeles. I lived in Koreatown, Los Angeles. I lived in, you know, right in the city. And then to move to Manhattan and suddenly live on the 18th floor of a high rise with no car, no job, and then a child. And then it was just like so many new things at once. And I remember I was far from home and I was really homesick. And I was experiencing new things every day and I wanted to share it with my loved ones. And so I started a blog. I don't even know if kids know what that is anymore, but a blog, (laughs) like an online diary kind of. And I would publish posts like every day of just like, oh my gosh, I rode the subway by myself or like, oh, you know, this and this happened or the Central Park or I saw this thing and I would just start writing. And it was probably the first time I wrote like for fun maybe since I was a child, (laughs) like I really hadn't done any pleasure writing, like as long as I could remember. I've always liked it, but I never really thought to do it. Um, And so even though it wasn't, um, it wasn't fiction, it was just, you know, me telling stories about my day. um, I realized Mm -hmm. it was maybe the first time I was connecting with the audience. And even though the audience was mostly my friends and family, initially, um, as I started writing and whatever, my readership kind of grew and grew and, and uh, suddenly there were strangers that were commenting like, you know, and it was a little weird. <laughs> I was like, ah, I was like, why are you interested in my life? But then I also like, it was the first time that um, I got the feeling of like writing for a wider audience and being able to touch people with my stories. Um, some of the stories are very personal. You know, I wrote a lot about things um, like a miscarriage that I went through or, you know, like, memories of my father, like different things um, from my life. And it was touching people in a way that I hadn't expected. And so I kept up that blog for like three years. <laughs> it was like, I was at a wedding once. Uh-huh. Um, and someone came up to me and said, was, are you Empire State of Mom? Which was like my screen name, like my, my username or whatever. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. And then they were like, oh my gosh, this Empire State of Mom. And they were like talking and they were talking about their favorite um, <laughs> posts. And I was like, Oh, this is really weird. <laughs> but also kind of flattering that like why would anyone take the time out of their busy day to read about some random woman's like daily whatever so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like I think people started telling me why don't you write a book and I was really like why would I write a book like that's I'm a teacher like I don't I don't write I'm not a writer um but I guess you know those things like stay in your brain and they kind of germinate mm-hmm. without you knowing so yeah, so the three years was up. Uh, my husband got a job, took us here to San Diego. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the seed of my dreams and my brain that I didn't make moves to mm-hmm. interview for a job. Uh, I didn't, you know, like actually do anything to make that happen. Uh, and I realized maybe I do want to try this, but I was terrified <laughs> because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah you, yeah, you talk to kid lit writers all the time, but um, I literally don't know anyone, not one person in my community who's ever been an author, much less children's book author. You know, like it was mm-hmm. just something that I've never seen before, or I wasn't even sure if anyone would be interested in stories about a Korean American girl or a woman. You know, like I just thought that... Um, 
no one would be into that. Um, so I, I like Googled it one day, like, how do you become an author? <laughs> like, what does one do to publish a book? And the more I learned, the more I realized like, oh, it's actually really hard. And the chances of failure are very high. And like, is this even something that I can do or is it worth the chase? Because it, it would require mm. quite a lot. Um, so yeah, I remember I sat my husband down one day, we need to talk. He's like, oh, what, what you <laughs> leaving me for a younger man? What is she doing? And I told him, and I don't know why, but even to tell my own spouse, it was so hard to say those words out loud. I said, listen, mm. I want to be a writer. Like, I really want to do this. And he was kind of like, cool, do it, you know? And I was like, but I, I, I need your support. Like, I'm going to do this. I need to, I'm going to have to chase it really hard. And so he was totally on board. Um, and uh, yeah, I started taking some writing classes and joined the writing community and, you know, wrote a few things that never got published. And, you know, here I am. Wow. What a I'm journey. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I have to tell you, like, I think one of the things um, that I love about your writing and specifically, your book is that it's like so like a teaching in Southeast Asia in Manila. Um, your book is so universal. Like it not only is like um, so personal for them because I have a lot of kids in my class that look just like you, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like the experience of having kids, um, I'm gonna call it fighting with their parents because that's uh -huh. what they do. Like we all do. We've all done that. Um, sure. It's so. It's like, it's what happens for kids during that age group um, and to see oh, yeah. them, um, to, for them to hear that experience and see that it's normal for them to go through that, um, but at the same time battling the idea of academics versus uh, like passion, which is oh, just yeah. like, as you know, within education, it's, it, it can be hard as a parent seeing someone that you are raising, uh -huh. um, I don't want to say not taking academics seriously, but like really have a passion in something that is a little bit harder than being mm -hmm. a doctor, than being a teacher, than being anything else that has to do with education. Uh -huh. um, but listening to that story opens up so many conversations that allow kids to start having a conversation with their parents about like their passion and the things that they're really, really interested in um, uh -huh. because those conversations are hard. Oh, super they're, hard. They're, they're yeah. not easy. Um, and to, for kids of that age to be able to do it with their parents, I think it's just like phenomenal. Um, and they have to build some type of confidence to be able to do that as well. So oh, for sure. I, I personally love the book because of all those reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my students are grateful for all those reasons as well, um, because they need to hear those stories. Um, they're really oh, yeah. I think like psychologically, developmentally, in your brain even, right around that age is when you're um, starting to open up and mm -hmm. see, I think it's something like up until you're in middle school, your identity is in your family. And that's where you find your meaning and your place and your role. But then when you get to the wider world of middle school, you kind of see yourself in a, a greater sense yeah. of the, the things that 
you thought were so normal with your family uh-huh. and it, uh-huh. maybe it's not normal with your friend's family it becomes kind of like oh am i embarrassed of that am i good so it's like yeah. so many fertile grounds like so many things to fight over because <laughs> it's uh-huh. like ah, uh-huh. let's do that in front of my friends you know and it's like this whole yeah and i think i guess my my, my next question was kind mm-hmm. of in regards to like you were kind of living that experience as well like for oh yeah you said like you didn't really have writers around you to even think about this so again that makes me assume that there wasn't a writer in your family your family did did other things what was your family's response when you were like i'm gonna i'm gonna write now i'm gonna write now um (laughs) well so in the book yumi has an older sister and her older sister is in medical school and she's this genius and she's beautiful and she's kind of like that perfect older daughter um, in my family, you know, I have two sisters. My older sister is an MD, and my uh, <laughs> my husband is also he's also a, a, a um, urologist, so he's a cancer surgeon. And then my sister in law is an endocrinologist. And my brother in law is an emergency medicine doctor. So no connection at so, all. Not connected so at all. Many doctors, <laughs> yeah. And it's just so funny because like the way parents brag about their kids is like, oh, this son went here. And this one went here and oh and then there's Jessica she's really she's cheerful and nice you know and it's kind of like oh <laughs> I see how it is you know so it was, uh-huh. it was the same seat at the table really you know and I think I didn't start writing until I was like you know in my late 30s and so I, I'm too old to need their approval necessarily I mean I have children of my own now but um I will say that it was like maybe something I've always craved is like that validation and then mm-hmm. seeing me for what I can do, you know, maybe it looks mm-hmm. different from what, you know, other uh, people in the community are doing, but this is what I do and this is what I can do, this is what I love of to course. do. And uh, there comes a point where you don't need it anymore. It's like, well, I wish you could see that, but you know, this is me and this is what mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to do. And Good. <laughs> and I think that's, I, I agree. Yeah. You get to a point where you're old enough to, I guess, yeah, just make decisions, <laughs> right? Um, but at the same time, because of the family connection, you do, as it's just, I, I feel like it's human nature for a lot of us, we do yeah. seek validation oh, for in sure. s- yeah. so many different ways. And we can, we can say we don't, we can pretend as much as possible, but we do tend to, to seek it out um, just because it's just who we are as humans, right? Um, Absolutely. It's really funny because yeah. in the first draft of the story, um, I think maybe for Jessica Kim, for myself, <laughs> I, I needed to give Yumi this like wish fulfillment ending. So that in the original draft, she got it all. Like her parents let her go to the school she wanted her to, she wanted to go to. She got to just, you know, have that Disney ending. But, you know, in revision with my editor, we she really pushed back on me and was like, uh. well, what does Yumi that's what Yumi wants, but what does Yumi actually need? You know, does she need to go to a different school to feel comfortable? Like, does she need to, you know, have her parents back her in this comedy thing for her to be her full self? And I was like, ah, it was like a therapy session. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe she doesn't need those things, or doesn't want, she wants those things, but what she actually needs is just confidence, you know, and uh, being able to develop the skills of being able to articulate what you want and being mm-hmm. okay with people understanding completely and it was like these tough conversations that made me change the ending 
oops, spoiler alert, sorry, <laughs> for people who haven't read, you've had since March. Um, but uh, yeah, so Yumi doesn't get everything she wants, but she gets what she needs. And I think uh, that's actually more empowering, you know, because your parents aren't always going to fully get what you do. And I think mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm a mom and I have young kids. And if they wanted to become comedians, I would say, cool, but you're paying your own rent. You know, like I'm going to be super realistic (laughs) about it, just like Yumi's parents are. I think like the super Americanized version of the story would have the parents be like, oh, we were so wrong. You know, like, (laughs) oh, individualism, capitalism, you know, like like, forget familial piety. And, you know, like, Uh but that's not my story. My story is like there's wisdom from both sides of who I come from. Uh-huh. huge value in the pragmatism that Yumi's parents bring as immigrants in this country and the racism and different barriers and obstacles that they see ahead of their young daughter that she mm-hmm. may not see yet and those are real and those are valuable and I think that that is valid that they're worried about you know her not focusing at such a young age on her academics so I'm definitely not saying like just follow your heart, you know, <laughs> marry that guy when you're 16, you know, like do it, do whatever you want. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think it's, uh, you know, just embracing all the beauty and wisdom that's around her and all the different role models and all the things. I love, that. Her. I, yeah. love that. I love how you said, um, yeah, she got what she, um, wanted versus needed. Um, uh-huh. I think that's so, it's such a valuable lesson for kids to understand yeah. those two um, at a young age because those wants and needs change very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. And they're often based, they can be based off of a lot of different like influences within your life as well. Absolutely. Um, so like having that conversation is like, there's so many great nuggets in the book um, that allow so many great conversations. Um, and it's cool to hear that there's experiences within that that you um, had gone through in your life or you had thought about, um, which is, I think, I feel like most authors take experiences that they've had um, or through friendships or wherever it is um, and put them in their books. So I think that's just really, really cool. Really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Like the character in the book, um, her like first friend in comedy camp is a boy named Felipe. And Felipe, I just needed me to have somebody that, just gets her right away. So like they meet and they like have this, they nerd out over this SNL sketch <laughs> that they saw and they just totally are finishing each other's sentences and it's like this kismet, it's just as a friendship and he's there for her the whole book and um, I needed her to experience that. And um, Felipe is based on my husband, Bill. <laughs> my husband, I love baby. that. Yeah, I, I mean, that. he has the sideburns and he's chubby and he loves Marvel. <laughs> like all of that is like real. He's a real person and we definitely I get each other. That. We have like the same dorky humor, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a sister. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and then I see parts of myself in the mom, you know? Like, so all of that comes from That's so real, cool. real places. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So cool. Let's, can you tell us about, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, and you put this in the book as well, your love uh-huh. for, um, I don't know if you put, you put, you definitely put your love for Korean barbecue in the book, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. very, it's all over the book. Um, <laughs> but you also, we talked about it earlier, um, your love for just like hot Cheetos. So oh yeah, okay, let's talk about that for a sec. Let's, where did that come I know Korean barbecue I, I also love Korean barbecue but where did barbecue. hot Cheetos come from like how did you like how did that become a thing for you 
Oh, it's just the thing. It's an LA thing. I was a teacher in LA for a long time, and that's like the snack of choice for all mm-hmm. like all, most mm-hmm. of my students. So it was like always a bit, yeah. It's just. And then, really- how about Korean barbecue? Is that something that you just? Um, yeah, so it's funny. The book uh, Stand Up Yumi Chung originally, originally, originally was a, a very different book about. It was a young adult book, not a middle grade book, and it oh, was wow. yeah. In its first iteration, it was um, a girl named Minji, totally different name, and she actually didn't want to go to college. She like snuck off and went to culinary school without her parents knowing, and she had this dream of being a chef. No way. Yeah, a totally different book, and it was awful. And I'm so glad it never saw the light of day. But it was one of my first completed works that I ever queried, and I wrote. It was a lot of the same themes of like accepting yourself and uh kind of like butting up against your immigrant parents you know and having the secret double life there's a lot of that um but I queried it and it it just never really like went anywhere and the agents were like "Eh, it's all right but have you you know what one agent um wrote back and told me it's it reads a little young Mm -hmm. like your your writing voice is more middle grade <laughs> How dare you, you? Yeah, you clearly don't understand teenagers or my voice, or you know, I was really offended for like a good while. But once <laughs> the sting of the rejection went away, I actually revisited revisited the story and was like, well. How do I make this a middle grade novel? Kids don't work in kitchens or culinary, you know, like it doesn't work at all. And so I was thinking about scrapping it, um, but I was on a trip. I remember very vividly, my husband and I were walking through Dolores Park in San Francisco. We were eating ice cream and we had just seen Ali Wong's Netflix special, Baby Cobra. We were talking about it and I was just like, heart eyes like oh my gosh i want to be ellie Wong when i grow up like she's so amazing and she's small and she's petite and she's asian but she fully loves herself and is like so in your face herself and mm-hmm. and she's killing it and people love her and i just remember feeling like wow a woman doing something she's not really supposed to do and doing it so well like and then it all just kind of was like what was she like as a kid? Like, how do her parents feel about her being a comedian? And it just kind of all came together where I was like, <gasps> like, I think I could rewrite my book. That's awesome. But That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, like, I should use this and that. And then I started thinking about my own childhood and it all just kind of coalesced and like this love song to Koreatown came into play. Like, it was just like a weird turmoil of things that had already been kind of in the background. Wow. Talk I about did. like revising process. That must have been like... Oh, it was a like, complete... You, yeah, no, I couldn't keep any of it. It was completely... So like, you just, but you were thinking about the other story. Keeping in mind the other story, you just basically changed your whole mindset of it. Like what the oh, story yeah. could be. Yeah, wow. So it was like wow. a mother dough, like a sourdough, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> like that starter. Like it was like, I think I threw the name Ninji in this book in one of the jokes or something. Uh-huh. Just because uh-huh. I wanted an homage to like the first idea that didn't make it, which led to the second or third idea that finally did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a complete overhaul. I mean, the voice is completely different. Um, but I think I found the heart of the story actually fit better. Uh-huh. They were right. They were right. I'm, wow. I'm so dumb. I taught fourth grade, fifth grade, you know, like, <laughs> middle grade, middle grade. My kids, my kids are middle grade. Like, why wasn't I? I just didn't. I, I don't know. It was the last one. 
I love it. I love it. And then I guess I have just a few more questions. I think, um, will you, would you, would you think of doing something that's a little bit older? Um, would you want to stay within middle grade? Um, I'm pretty what, happy what, here right now. I never say never, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but the middle grade was, the voice was easier to nail than the young adult was really hard. It was a stretch. It was very difficult. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that I would dabble in that, but if I were to do something completely different, it would maybe be adult. So I can explore some of the other things um, that you mm -hmm. can't really talk about in middle grade. But um, mm -hmm. for now, I'm really happy. I'm working on a second book now. And it's also middle exciting. grade. And, mm -hmm. Exciting. Can you share anything about the second book? Um, well, it's in this very early development stage, so it may change. So I don't want to talk mm -hmm. about it too much. But I will say that it's mm, this one's really different in that it's not so much a family story. It's more of like a peer story. It's about a girl. Mm -hmm who um, has had a best friend and they're kind of growing in different directions. And it's kind mm -hmm. of like that best friend breakup story of when mm -hmm. to learn to let go or when friendships get toxic and when to walk away. And it's like that really heartbreaking thing. Um, of, wow. Yeah. Another experience that kids specifically in middle school. Oh like, yeah. With all you would know you have a, yeah one of their like developmental things are just like bouncing friendships left right and center so i'm excited yeah. to, to hear more about it and how that develops as well um, yeah what's you. your what's your process for for making books is it kind of like i know well, everyone only, has it no way yeah ahead. i've only made one so it's kind of hard because this one was one that i had kind of at least thought about for many many years so it was something that sat in my heart and it was very much like that passion you know that thing that story I really want to tell and then you write it and then it goes out into the world and then you're like wait now what <laughs> like what else do I write about you know and so yeah. I definitely had that sophomore slump that second book was it's been really hard to write um mm -hmm. so I think for me I had to like I think because you mean I keep wanting to give people what they liked about this one. And so sure. people love like the korean -y parts of this story, like the barbecue and the parents and the immigrants and this and that. And I really wanted mm -hmm. to give more of that. And so I think I was kind of getting stuck because I kept forcing myself to try to write a recreation of what I thought people wanted instead of the story that was actually in my heart, which actually has to do with just this girl and her best friend, you know? And it was like... Yeah hard to kind of circle back um and you know once you have a book out you want you now have readers and you don't want to disappoint them by doing something like mm -hmm. so different but at the same time mm -hmm. that was what was in my heart you know this little pinch of like oh young girls in our society are always told to worry about other people's feelings and to mm -hmm. you know not offend people but what happens when you know friendships aren't serving you when do you know when to walk away and when ha have we ever been told that that's okay you know and so those kind of things are in mm. my mind um and so that's so that, true though that's so yeah, true i had to and, really like and, no go ahead go ahead oh like i had to <laughs> kind of like let go of my idea of what people wanted from me because i think i was um very much trapped in that oh, but this is so different. You know, this is a little darker mm -hmm. and this is much more emotional. And for Yumi, I really wanted like a, 
um, it not to be marketed as a girl book. Like I just wanted to be for all kids. Um, and, and same with this next book, but it is very much like about the female friendship. Um, and so mm-hmm. I was, I don't know, I guess I was worried so much about my branding, <laughs> you know, and like how uh-huh. I would sit next to the first book and how it would feel for my readers. But I was like, you know what, whatever. I don't yeah. care. Like, I'm just going to flush it all down the toilet and just like <laughs> what I'm feeling. And just Good. Like, yeah. Good. Good. And I think that's what your readers are going to want, like something that you care about. If you put something out into the world that you care about, mm-hmm. um, it's going to come from a place that has meaning and everything that stand up has. It's just natural because that's what you're doing, right? Um, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm super excited for you. I have zero doubt in my mind um, oh. <laughs> that, that book is going to be amazing. Um, my last question is like, because of, I know the times right now are very, very difficult yeah. for a lot of us. Um, what are you doing to celebrate joy in your life besides hanging out with your amazing kids and oh, your very supportive joy. husband? <laughs> yes, no, he's great. Um, gosh, you know, I have to confess, I haven't been great about celebrating joy and I need to do more of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I feel really guilty when I need to take a mental break and step away from this story because I think so much of what I'm seeing on the news every day is so like heavy and to go back to the manuscript and be like oh I just write this really fun scene you know and it's like I'm not I don't know why it's so dark you know like the Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I've definitely um, taken time away from my writing, um, especially this year and um, kind of having to be okay with it, I think is Good. been a journey of like, Good. you know what, I need a break and I need to take some time away from this so I can kind of process on like what's going on right now. Um, Good. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, that's necessarily... Awesome celebrating joy I'd like to get there that's my ultimate goal but right now just mm-hmm. maintaining <laughs> it's hard enough yeah I think I think that's a great answer because I think we don't hear enough of people saying like I'm just putting things on hold yeah right yeah I'm just take like that's another form of like self-care it's like yeah. doing things that mentally are going to help you um right and you're also taking care like you're not you don't you didn't mention it but like you're also taking care of kids so like that in right. itself taking care of kids today like I can't even (laughs) I can't even imagine so um, right but I know that I want to have a joyful book but I need to be coming from a place of joy to be able to bring that to the page and if I'm not there yet that's okay to take some time to agreed totally totally Jessica where can people find you online Yeah, I'm Jess Kim Writes on all, all my platforms. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, mostly. Um, and I have a website, JessKimWrites.com. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thank you. Um, you're such a joy. You were such a joy to talk to, honestly. And hearing your process of revising. Um, oh, yeah. And I guess just...